Hey everyone, it's Victoria. Welcome to another episode of your weekly fix podcast. I hope everyone is doing well and enjoying the last bits of summer that we have left. If you're starting school or you're starting a new chapter of your life, I hope that is going well for you. Last week I talked about adjusting to life changes and what that means right now during COVID. And um, while we're on that topic, I did want to just say that last week's episode was not one of my finest piece of pieces of work. I have so much pride in this podcast and I'm so proud of it and so proud of how many people it's reached so far. And it hit me like the day after I just felt like it wasn't, I wasn't confident about the episode. I was rushing. I was like, exhausted after moving in and I honestly should have just taken the week off to keep moving in and like not rushing to put an episode out so I'm very sorry if it wasn't as much a quality um quality of an episode as they usually are but um whatever we're back and better right so as for my update on my life and everything I'm really enjoying my time so far in Maryland I'm starting to get so comfortable with the apartment and my space and the area I just finished um, orientation for my master's program and it's been really great I feel like I'm in the right place and just after the orientation I just felt like I'm in the right program and that is such an amazing feeling because I have struggled so much I still do with deciding what my future is going to look like and where I should be in life um, for what I want to do. So it was a really cool feeling to just kind of have a little bit more of that reassurance that I'm in the right place and in the right program and I'm excited about it. Um, I My roommates have moved in. They're wonderful. I'm so thankful for them. Um, I've had some weird roommates in the past or, you know, just tough roommates, but these roommates seem absolutely amazing and I've met some people so far and I'm just trying to let it all happen naturally and yeah, I'm really enjoying it and for those of you who don't know, I just moved here. I am uh, getting my master's in public policy at the University of Maryland, so it's been a huge change. I don't know many people here, but if any at all, but um, I am adjusting well and I'm I'm learning to just like really be happy here. I feel like I'm like having control of my space again and just like developing thing like a routine that makes me happy and all that good stuff. So I hope everyone out there is adjusting as well as I am to going back to school. I know it is so difficult and different with coronavirus, but I'm trying to just keep uh, looking at the positives and at the bright side of everything. So yeah, this week's episode I'm very excited about. We are talking a lot about BLM, racial justice, information about voting, and a lot more. Um, I wanted to start by talking about my experience. This Friday, I went to the March on Washington, actually in D.C. I'm only like 20 minutes from D.C. by car, 15, 20 minutes by car, and then it was like 30, 45 minutes by train. I took the metro in, and it was so easy, and that's like the best part of living here is how close I am to D.C., and it was amazing. But I went to the March on Washington, and it was just an awesome, awesome experience. So I really want to start the episode there. Um, so for those of you who don't know, um, August 28th of 1963 was when the March on Washington occurred. And it was when Martin Luther King delivered his I Have a Dream speech that he's 
very well known for and it was a time when over 200,000 people walked uh, in DC at the Capitol to demand jobs and freedom for black folks and going back I did a little history about it before I went and I didn't realize this but in the summer of 1941 uh, a Philip Randolph who was the founder of Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters he called for the march on Washington DC all the way back in 19 or yeah 1941 which was 12 years earlier and he wanted to draw attention specifically to the exclusion exclusion excuse me of african americans from positions in national defense like in the national defense industry and i didn't know that that had already been pitched 12 years prior and then the threat of all these marchers they had projected like a hundred thousand marchers to be in dc it really pushed f DR to issue an executive order and it was executive order 8802 and this mandated the formation of the fair employment practice commission and what it did was it um the executive order was to push an investigation uh for racial discrimination against defense firms and then in response randolph canceled the plans for the march because it was um, a response to the demand that he he had wanted so that's kind of the the start of it and I didn't realize that history behind it which is very interesting and it was so interesting that somebody could have made a president fearful of like a public um, march like that where so many people came out and were so angry about the lack of representation in just the national defense industry and then 12 years later Uh, The March on Washington actually happened in 1963, and after that march, Martin Luther King and many other civil rights leaders met with President Kennedy and Vice President uh, Johnson, which it's so weird to think that after these marches and after these acts of um, protest and activism, leaders quickly met with, like, the president scrambled, and they wanted to make things right, and we're not seeing that right now, which is really, really crazy, but Dr. King and um, other civil rights leaders met with President Kennedy, like I said, and Vice President Johnson at the White House, and that's when they discussed the need for bipartisan support of the civil rights legislation, and then right after President Kennedy passed away, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson passed the civil rights act civil rights act just a year later in 1964 and the voting rights act of 1965 which in that time kind of reflected the demands of the march and that's kind of where the march led to and it's crazy that almost 60 years later 60 excuse me years later we're like in the same position still marching and still demanding justice and in this case clearly right now we're demanding um justice for black people and the end of violence against black communities across the united states among other things you know um economic injustice and health injustice and environmental injustice and the list goes on and on so honestly my experience being there i felt like it was just amazing i felt so inspired it was so historical i heard so many amazing speakers like Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, um, the New York City public advocate Humani Williams, Martin Luther King III, and his daughter Yolanda King uh, spoke. She was so brave and so inspirational. 
and just so many more and it felt just so great to be among people who believed the same things I believe for a better future and for racial justice and it just inspired me and reminded me of why I'm doing what I'm doing and that we all want to see a better future for black folks and people of color in this country and it just was so uplifting to see people um wanting those same things in such a vigorous and like passionate way um and it it just got me thinking when I was there like I just was so much in my thoughts like I was so inspired but I was thinking so much and something that just kept going through my head is like these people have been fighting for so long for so long for rights and freedom like for basic human rights in the same country we are in the exact same position 60 years later fighting for for justice and I know that maybe people in the previous generation would say we have come a long way like you know to see a black person as the president of the United States is a huge accomplishment and we're seeing more representation of black folks especially women of color and black women in leadership roles but to me it feels like we're just going backwards and I think just like for me as a 23 year old when I've studied history and looked at the past the images of protests and police brutality just seem to to me that we've gone backwards that we're not progressing and that is really really frightening and really really sad to me that like people in black communities have not given up like the amount of black people at this march on washington was insane to me that all of these people were still showing up to fight and it's they're showing up to demand respect and human rights for a country that they love so much and it just doesn't love them back like it doesn't reciprocate the same feelings and I think it's a great act of patriotism to see that these people want so badly to live in this country and live peacefully in this country and that to me shows how much they love this country and that they're not willing to give up the fight no matter how long this country has done wrong to them and that's like really what got me like that those were my thoughts during the during um during the march and I I felt like this is just so much resilience like this is the definition of resilience and it's so frustrating that like for me as a as a white person who's always been an ally and now an accomplice and I I feel like I want to be a part of this fight so badly like it angers me how do people think like as a black person how are you not angry like it seems almost like black people are angry of course and frustrated and sad and traumatized and and everything else but they're also so optimistic and hopeful and if they can be optimistic and hopeful and keep showing up to rallies and keep showing up to the table to make change like we all can like I was really hot and uncomfortable like it was like 95 degrees in DC and like I was like sweating and hungry and everything and I was like what do you have to complain about Victoria like just show up and be here and like enjoy it and fight like everyone else because these people don't stop showing up and that's what I think a lot of white folks especially need to start doing is like showing up unapologetically and saying strongly and in support of the Black Lives Matter movement and saying like I am here I will never understand what you go through but I understand that I'm never going to understand and 
that I don't care because I'm going to fight like hell for you. Like, that's what I think white people need to do and accomplices need to do. So, it just, it makes me sad too because I felt like so inspired in that moment to be around thousands of people who think the same way as me and like want to fight for a better tomorrow and it was so inspiring and just such, such a comfortable feeling to be there with with those people but at the same time like it makes me sad because I think I think the problem is obvious and I think the fight for change is obvious but so many other people in our country and maybe someone even listening to this doesn't find it obvious and I'm always thinking of ways to like help my white counterparts understand like I am always thinking of metaphors and examples and ways that I can help make more white people understand the problem and what I think I'm finding out unfortunately is it has less to do with understanding and more to do with the fact that they know what's happening and they don't care and that's racism and that's white supremacy and that just shows how deep-rooted white supremacy is in this country it is our foundation and to see people actively defend people who kill unarmed innocent people it's like they know it's wrong and they like it and I don't know if that's a pessimistic way of looking at it but I feel like I have gotten into countless arguments and discussions with people and to try to explain you know in such creative ways like literally we spoon feed this shit to people like there's graphics there's graphic graphic artists make like graphics that explain racism videos that explain racism fucking pictures that explain racism yet everyone seems like it's not hard to understand why all of this is wrong and I think I'm starting to learn at this stage that there are people in this country that know it's wrong and they love it they don't care they literally think of people of color as black folks especially as lesser of them like lesser than them and I get really really scared that people are denying that that's like a part of our country I don't know it's just those are kind of my thoughts I am deeply heartbroken about the incident with Jacob Blake I'm deeply deeply saddened to see the situation with that 17 year old like I don't even know his name it doesn't fucking matter because he's a terrorist for going to a protest and shooting up uh illegally uh illegally carrying an an assault rifle and there's literally people on my Facebook defending him like I understand the argument around like I can conceptualize it and intellectually understand the argument around um law enforcement and supporting law enforcement and of course like I I know like people come from families with police like that it I get that and I know why that's an argument in this country like I know why people have an opinion about that I don't know why people have a strong opinion on why this boy should have been able to kill people unlawfully and just because with an assault rifle like people are actively defending him and that literally makes zero sense to me and that's a sign to me that I'm seeing like wow we're really in a deeper deeper problem than I thought we were 
and that is really disappointing but it is not a reason to give up and I've actually seen a lot of people that I knew like in my life and my social circles or my small circles that never did speak out against um, racial issues and they are now and I think I think more people are starting to get it and to to actively want to change so I think the more people push we will see progress Um, just think about it 10 years ago I think it was when the BLM movement started it was very much demonized as a terrorist group it still is by a lot of people, but it's also celebrated by a lot more people and we're seeing it so much more. I mean, look at what the NBA is doing, the MLB. Like, this is now nationally and publicly recognized. That's cool progress to me. And I think that we can keep pushing and and see those symbols appear more and more and people demanding justice um, in casual ways. Like, I, I think that's, that's going to be positive for us but it's tough it's it's scary and I've been in a really odd slump you know you can get so like yeah I don't know I've been pretty sad about everything it's just like seems like there's always something that happens that gets worse like it's like I want to see hope but then it's always like things are getting worse too (sighs) so yeah um But I think at this point, knowledge is, like, at our fingertips. Like, we have no reason to not know things. I think ignorance is is completely a choice at this point. The generations before us didn't even have computers. Like, they had to actually read books and, like, search and dig for information. We have information on our cell phones and in our laptops and iPads and in books and in like I said, like, racism is described in such elementary ways, yet people still don't understand it. Like, a lot of information is delivered to us in easy, fast ways, and to me, that means, like, there's no excuse to not, like, know what the hell is going on and what is right and what is wrong. I mean, we are so lucky that we have access to education, that we have access to information that does not come easy to people in other countries did not come easy to people in generations before us. So I think to continue to promote education and information is so important during this time and to not let people off the hook, like to stand your ground and to keep talking about these issues, to keep talking about how disgusting this is that black folks still do not have basic level treatment I saw like a poster at the march and it said like black lives mattering is the bare minimum like we need to empower black lives and respect black lives and give like and that's so true like all people are asking for is for you to look at their life as equals to a white person and people have a problem with that and that is the bare minimum to give people the rights that they deserve in the United States of America yeah I mean I have this like constant conflict I don't know what you guys think this is like a little bit of a raw conversation but it's just like everything I've I just like want to talk about it it's so important um but I have this like constant struggle when I moved to New York City like I wanted to move to have a diversity of opinion and like a diversity of people and just a change in pace and a change in culture and 
I went to a city college. I really was immersed. It's where I learned pretty much every, not everything, but a lot of, all my values became very crystal clear to me. And I learned so much about the world and culture that I did not know before in justice. And I then felt great that I was around these people that challenged me and educated me and I became who I am today because of the people I met in New York City and the education that I I received and I feel that here too now I feel like oh I'm still around people in this public policy program that you know care about issues just like me and want to change the world and I go to the like the march and I'm like oh my god I'm I'm surrounded by such like-minded people this is amazing but at the same time I'm scared to death that I'm completely becoming a part of some bubble and the rest of the country not the rest of but a lot of the country is in their own bubble and it's so different than my bubble and it freaks me out to know like that there's a completely different life out there of people that think so negatively and hatefully and racistly I guess if that's a word so I have that constant feeling like but I don't know what you guys feel like let me know if you guys feel that way because like we can as young people like center ourselves in a in a bubble and especially if you hang around a lot of liberal friends and um, people who have the same interests as you but to me I have republican friends conservative friends I actually enjoy banter and dialogue with with people I like I've always said I can intellectually and uh, like understand why where people are coming from but when it comes to race I just like when it comes to justice I I really genuinely like can't look across the room and and understand that because I think like it crosses a line then of racism and and that shouldn't be a party's value it shouldn't be a value of anyone's in this country after everything this country has gone through our generation should be the generation that looks back at our country's history and say no more like this is like we like how can we keep going this way like can you tell I'm like a little uh little heated about this I don't know let me know what you guys think what your thoughts are are you feeling the same way I'm feeling like just so enraged and sad but also passionate and inspired too like that's the roller coaster I've got like angry sad frustrated pissed off depressed and then joyful excited inspired optimistic and like motivated to make change like that those are my like roller coaster of emotions and like all jokes aside or all laughter aside like I'm white so I can at any point choose to just turn my eye to this and live a life like completely normally and I'm so stressed about this like on an everyday basis I'm constantly thinking about it imagine if you're a white person listening to this and you're feeling the same way as me imagine people of color like imagine black folks who literally have no choice that they're ridiculed for the for the skin color the the color of their skin like what their body like their being that's so fucked up and the fact that I have the option in my life to just walk away or say like nah whatever like many people do and just live their life and will never be judged or or uh 
it's not even judge it's like i'll never experience the negative impacts of a racist like designed system that is designed to um hurt me and keep me from progressing i'll never have that and i'm so stressed so imagine what black folks feel like because i know my demographic like i know a lot of you are white listening and that's like i want this to be for everyone but i know my audience and i want to say this like you have a choice like yeah like you don't have to wake up every day in fear and and wake up every day like talk about trauma wake up every day knowing this country has literally never treated my people correct my family my my culture correctly it's done everything to hurt us and we still fight and 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 still and still um push through like i don't know it sounds obvious but if you really think about it it's the ultimate privilege to be in white skin it really is in this country it is so on another note one of the main messages of this week's march on washington was every speaker talked about the importance of getting to the polls and i've done an episode on voting i did my first my second episode of the podcast was about voting and preparing people for the primary election and there are still primaries going on there's still august and september primaries so make sure that if you are in a state um, and you have a primary election to make sure that you are prepared for that but the general election is coming up sooner than we think the actual date of the general election is november 3rd and for those of you who don't know what the general election is is the primaries were a time where you were able to vote within your party uh and you were able to vote for the candidate that you wanted to see uh come this time come november for the general election now the general election you can vote in any party if you're a republican you can vote for a democrat if you're a democrat you can vote for a republican and if you're an independent you can vote period because you cannot vote the primary election if you are an independent because you're voting within the party anyway so the president this is the presidential election that's why it's getting a lot of recognition as you know joe biden and kamala harris are running against president trump and mike pence and um there's that's why this election gets a lot of attention but in two years there will be another election for congress and in another two years there'll be another election for president and there's so many different elections within uh these four-year periods um senators united states senators um serve six-year terms um there's my email again i need to mute this why do i always forget (laughs) um your local officials might have different um times that they vote and they might have different term length so there's always an election to be thinking about and I think that's something that we have lacked in our country is that we have a really strange culture around voting and I think a lot of it has to do with um level of education your socioeconomic status especially education there's such a disconnect you learn about voting a little bit in high school when you're not even of age to vote you learn about the basics of government very lucidly and just quickly and then people who usually go to college are reminded of voting for me being a political science major i was constantly being reminded to vote but then if you don't go to college 
voting is often not even discussed or you're it's not that it's not discussed the resources aren't available and then you kind of fall off and you don't know the resources or the information about voting and like I've said before voting is complicated and it's complicated on purpose so people don't vote and especially um, minority low-income communities they block out resources from those groups of people specifically to not vote that's voter suppression anyway I would love to see a shift in the culture um, around voting in the United States we live in a democracy we think we're the best if we are the best we should have everyone actively being able to participate in voting in an equal way and that is the farthest thing from the truth a we need like a federal holiday b we need to encourage people to vote at every place of business public or private i mean there's so many things that we could do in this country to make more people more educated on voting and it's blocked out of like certain populations don't know about voting for a reason and that's fucked up so we're going to talk about it here um I also want to say I know our government is not perfect I know the candidates are not perfect quite honestly we will never get a perfect candidate um there could be a lot better options but this year we don't have a perfect candidate and I know that and I know voting isn't perfect and I know that there's a system out there that I would love to see dismantled. I am very progressive. I um, really would love to see a flip in our government and I know that voting isn't going to be the way we see that but I think it's also important that we vote because it's literally one of the only freedoms that we have. Um, and to vote for people who can't vote, so undocumented immigrants that pay taxes, uh, they can't vote, but they pay into our system. Or um, people who have been in prison, or excuse me, people who have had felony convictions cannot vote in like certain states. New York is one of them. Um, there's a lot of people in the society that can't vote, and so I always think of them, people that would love to vote or express their their view also I think about the people who came before us women and people of color were not given the right to vote at the inception of our country they fought tooth and nail for our right to vote so there is no reason not to but like I said I know it's not perfect but it's literally one of our last chances to be able to express our opinion to express our voice and have it be done in a meaningful way And there's so much at stake this year. There's so much on the ballot, not just for the presidential elections, but for the congressional, for your state, for your local elections. And try this year. This is my advice. It's my opinion. It's in no way you need to take it. But if you can kind of think less about what we're not seeing on the ballot this year, if your candidate wasn't chosen, if they didn't win the primary, if they dropped out of the race... We really need to take a step back and try not to look at life so idealistically, I think. Progress is not made in a generation. It's over time. And patience and hard work is really required for change. Nothing is going to be perfect right now, but it's a step in the right direction. It's better than nothing. And if leaders before us had the same mentality and said, eh, it's not, it's not good enough this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit this one out or, uh it's, it's not good enough. I'm going to sit this march out or I'm going to stop fighting for, for people that I fight for. We would never see progress. Unfortunately, in this country, slow and steady wins the race and you have to somehow keep 
um, that optimistic state during this time. So I encourage you to get out and vote because there's literally people that can't. And progress, like I said, does not happen overnight. It happens in generations. It's patience. It's hard work. It's dedication. And part of that comes from voting. So don't allow them to stop you from knowing your rights and not just your rights, your responsibilities as a citizen. To be an active citizen, it takes responsibility and don't let people shy you away from knowing how to do that. So the biggest things I think in this year's election, because it is so different than years past, is two things. To A, have a plan and to B, vote as early um, as you can as long as you can. This we'll get into in a little bit. So first and foremost, the election is going to be different this year because of coronavirus, period. People don't feel safe going to the voting polls. People um, can't get there. Um, Certain states still have social distancing in order. There's a lot of situations. This is also going to be a unique election because we're probably not going to figure out who the winner is the night of the election like we have in years past. Um, because of mail-in voting, because of certain things, we're probably not going to know the night of. Um, There's just going to be so much that is different this year, and it's important more than ever before that you have a plan. You should always have a plan, but this year especially, and we're already seeing certain political figures try to stop people from voting safely and securely, and we cannot let that happen. We had had um, interference in the previous presidential election and we should not allow our democracy to be tarnished uh for political gain so do your part and be educated and have a plan and to vote as early as you can and to not let this flop like we as young people especially have the strongest voice we make up a huge percentage of the voting population and we are always counted out because people will say they won't show up We need to show them this year that we are going to show up because our voice matters because we have to live another X amount of years. Uh, The the later generation, they're not going to see the future as long as we will. So we have to be there and we have a voice and we are really strong. And I think they're scared of us and that's why they want us to not show up. So let's prove them wrong. So there's different options of voting this year, and I think those are really important to cover. This is going to be a two-part episode. I'm going to talk about the options of voting and then um, some information about uh, some resources that will become available on social media. And then I think next week we are going to do an episode on how you can get the most people to turn out for an election and there's a lot of cool creative ways to do this that like you probably haven't even thought of and I'm really excited to share those things because it's a really cool way to get more involved in this year's election so options for voting first option is you can just vote in person and this is if you feel safe and comfortable you can vote in person no matter what the options are you'll always be able to not always, but you are able to vote in person this year. So you can, um, I always uh, pitch this website, www.vote.org. And it's really the reason I do is because it's a one-stop shop and you can find your polling station by going there. So in addition to checking your polling station, you can check your registration status. 
you can check your um or you can just register to vote that's i guess the first step that you have to register to vote and i talk a lot about the registration process in that second episode so please listen to that i talk about the implications of um uh, registering to a party and all that jazz so you can check your your polling site there and you can also just like honestly if you google like where's my polling site new york or where's my polling site maryland or texas or wherever you live um you can find it there um and then so that's always an option and if you feel safe and you like i said you feel comfortable voting in person there is your option and you can do that on november 3rd the second option is to vote by mail and to send your ballot back via usps also i did a poll on the facebook group to kind of get an idea of where you guys stood and the results were interesting it was kind of like one positive thing is that so far since the polls been up no one has said that they don't have an idea so that means like people are thinking actively and have a plan for voting but i saw a lot of people say they were going to do mail-in voting um a lot of people also still saying that they were going to vote in person so it's kind of split i think it's personal preference i think it really has to do with supporting the usps and i think it has to do with safety and then also convenience so to vote by mail and to send your ballot back via usps is basically you have to request a ballot which is just like an absentee ballot and absentee balloting has been around forever if you're in college or you're sick or you're out of town you request an absentee ballot you get the ballot and then you mail it back and that's been around forever i'll be very clear like mail-in voting is available in a lot of states it, it it's one of the primary ways people vote in certain states and it's perfectly safe there's been countless studies done on the accuracy and efficiency of mail-in voting and they all point to a positive way so don't let people think someone's going to screw you by mail-in voting Uh, the only person who would do that would be someone who's literally trying to stop your voice from being heard which is sad but in any old day like there there's nothing unsafe about it so you know you don't even need to take my word for it you can literally look it up so i'll post more information about this on the facebook group and instagram by the way if you i didn't say this in the beginning like i usually do if you don't follow our instagram it's at your weekly fix podcast on instagram and then click the link in my bio and you can join our private facebook group and i post some information on there too um shameless plug so (laughs) i'll post more information about this but basically by state you Uh, we'll request your absentee ballot you'll fill the information out certain states are allowing you to use covid as an excuse like as a medical excuse for why you can't show up but other states aren't and then other states are allowing you to not even need an excuse you can just mail your you can just request a ballot and mail it back in so if you go to www.vote.org you can scroll down and see all the voting guidelines by state which is really cool so if you click on for instance i'm just going to click on it right here to give you guys an accurate information if you go if you click on new york all the section there's voter registration deadlines there's election day registration voter registration rules how to register registering with a felony status and then all the information about uh, getting an absentee ballot so there's absentee ballot application deadlines 
when they're due the voted ones like your actual ballot filled out the rules how to get an absentee ballot once you've submitted your absentee ballot is there going to be a confirmation um like what 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 all of that is so go to vote.org and scroll down and click the state that you live in and figure out how all that works it's really important that you follow the deadlines because every state has a different deadline so if your friend in kentucky says hey you've got until um oct- you know right up until the election because some states will count your absentee ballot up to the day of the election other states won't you can't listen to your friends in kentucky texas nebraska maine new york if you live in pennsylvania you have to follow the deadlines and the rules for your state and vote.org does a really good job at outlining those things so Make sure you have the deadlines, you write them down. And the best thing you can do if you are choosing to mail in your ballot is to just do it right now. So you can request it and you can send it back right now. In addition to that, make sure your family members, people in your household and your friends have their absentee ballots um, and make sure you've got them figuring out which way they want to to um to vote this year another option you can do and this ensures safety and it ensures that they received your ballot is to request the absentee ballot fill it out um once you get the ballot fill it out follow the instructions and instead of sending it back you literally hand deliver it to your local board of elections you can just google the name and the address and everything like that and get the information and they'll take your ballot that obviously like i said ensures safety it ensures accountability uh you feel safe knowing that they got your ballot no matter what this obviously is great but it's only if you're local so uh maybe that would be a a difficult process for you if you are far away and then lastly i really want to talk about early voting not many people know about early voting especially people in new york because early voting didn't come into effect until two years ago when the new york state senate passed this uh early voting law so This depends all on your state, and you can also get this information from vote.org when you click on your state's information. So for New York, for instance, you get the voter registration deadlines, how to register to vote, the absentee stuff, and then down below it says New York early voting. When does early voting start? In New York, it says it's 10 days before the election, and it ends two days before the election. This is different per state. So early voting allows you to go to your polling site if you want to vote in person and you can vote early to make sure your val- your vote is casted and counted early. The more votes that happen early, the less complication there is towards the end when people are scrambling to count votes. And there's always a problem with with counting votes, not the people having a hard time counting the votes, it's that candidates will say votes weren't counted. So the more votes you can account for early, the better. And it's just convenience. I mean, early voting just makes voting more convenient. If you are busy on Tuesday, November 3rd, because a lot of people are, you work two jobs, you've got a family, you've got an event, you've got some prior commitment, you can vote early. And that just means you go, like I said, to your voting poll, um, I would look up some states have different like dates um so like you could do it like every Saturday up into the election some are like Friday Saturday Sunday some are different dates so definitely check that out I will post more information about um that on the social media to show you guys like how to actually do that um 
there's a lot of information out there. It's just going off of what I just said about how we um how we have information so closely to us. So it's really easy to um to get the information that you need about voting. Also on vote.org, you can like I said check your registration status, register to vote, and you can also get text message reminders, like election reminders. So like if you have a deadline coming up because you're in New York, they'll send you a reminder saying, hey, two more days until blank deadline. Also, if you are 17 right now, but you'll be 18 at the election, you can pledge to register and they'll text you like a reminder and let you know um, that you need to register. Or I'm pretty sure in certain states you're able to register early and if you're 18 on election day, uh, your your ballot will be casted. So if you're on that cusp of 17 or 18, definitely consider registering to vote. And then you can also uh, fill out your census or get information about the census on vote.org, which I haven't talked about the census, but it's very important. I filled it out. Um, you have to fill it out for your family. It happens every 10 years and not your family, but your household. And it's so freaking important because it determines the lines that um, create voting districts and zones for your community and it also determines money and public funds and how things are allocated to your community and it only happens every 10 years so we only have one opportunity to do it so get more information about that and make sure your household is filled out the census um in closing, I'd say no matter what, you need to pay attention to the deadlines. Um, every state has a different deadline. Every state has a different voting system. We are going to continue to talk about voting. This is the first of many episodes about voting. Like I said, next week, we're going to do something about how to make voting fun and get the most people out to vote and how you can get more involved in voting in public service. But we're going to have many um voting episodes i will always be reminding people about voting so please don't think that this is a one time there's so much more information to share i just wanted to kind of give you guys the bare bones of it right now so that you can design a plan design a plan excuse me um please go to vote.org or there's so many very there's like so many websites um i think i will i'm literally on my computer right now there's a website called I Will Vote. That's another one. Um, I think this one's more partisan, though. So, I don't know. But um, it, it does the same thing. Helps you um, check your voter registration. It'll take you directly to your state's links, like the voting link uh, or the voting website for your state. There, the, There's so much information out there, and it's just so important for you to design a plan, to write the dates down in your calendar, to text your friends, to set Google calendar alerts. Like, whatever the case may be, voting is just so important, and whether you're skeptical or not, it's worth the shot to go vote and to do the bare minimum of exercising your civic duty. So, if you guys have any questions, I'm going to be posting more resources and kind of like the actual vision or the visuals excuse me of the things that I talked about on social media and um, get as much information as I can to you guys out there so if you have any suggestions for me or comments about this week's episode please let me know you can contact me 
via the podcast Instagram. You can also find my personal handle on Instagram in the link in my bio. It's not the link. It's just a freaking bio. And yeah, contact me. And um, I hope you guys are starting to get really excited about this year's election. Please make sure that you stay focused on local candidates as well. And make sure when you're filling out your ballot... This is another important thing to fill out all the way down, not just for the president, not just for your Congress people to vote completely down the ballot because those down ballot candidates need you. Please refer to episode two of your weekly fix for more information about voting and elections and government. All right. Thank you guys. And I will see you next week.